You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we are back, folks, on another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider, and things are unbelievably hot. Let me start off first. By thanking you guys for be with, being with us on the ride, uh, the ride on this channel, whether it be the podcast channel or the YouTube channel, you have truly made things really, really roll on the site. We set all time highs in traffic and in, in subscribers. We hit a new high uh, revenue. We are doing great. And it is because of your support. Now, that doesn't mean stop. We want you to keep supporting the Michigan Insider, of course, whether that be the YouTube page. Be sure to like the videos. Be sure to subscribe to the channel. That way, every time we put up a new video, you'll get a notification. Of course, if you are listening to us on the podcast, uh, same thing. Like the podcast. Be sure to rate it. Be sure to review it. Tell all your friends about it. They can get it wherever they get their, you know, their podcast, Google, Stitcher, Spotify. But the best way to show love and support is to go over to the MichiganInsider.com and subscribe there. One dollar gets you in for that first week. And then once you're hooked and you become a full-paying subscriber, not only do you get access to the best coverage of football, basketball, and recruiting, the team coverage of University of Michigan, you get access to the entire 24-7 Sports Network and access to Paramount+. Plus. So great, great, great extra programming for you. With that, let's bring on the crew to talk about what has been a fantastic week in Michigan recruiting, starting off first with Steve Lorenz. Steve, how are you? Good. Yeah, like you said, Sam, finally can talk about some uh, results, you know, and not uh, just speculate on what might happen. You know, some some, some stuff's finally happening. More stuff's going to happen. So uh should be an exciting time for Michigan fans right now. Yeah, man, big time time. This is what we thought, Bryce, it was going to be like last year. You know, after they make the playoff. Can we see some hot recruiting buzz? Well, that time is finally here. Yeah, I, I want to say it feels like a breath of fresh air. I mean, this is refreshing to all Michigan fans. And like you said, I mean, eventually the dam had a break, right? You, you thought uh, you, you won it once, you got to the playoffs, didn't happen, kept chipping away year or two. And, I, you know, this is my take. This might be a hot take, but this staff – might be Jim Harbaugh's best recruiting staff, and they're already showing the results early. So, yeah, man, and uh, you know, you get guys on campus, and you know, they they can feel that vibe. I know, it felt like a lot of fans were thinking that NIL um, was an impossible hurdle to overcome. You know, it was more of a wait and see. It was definitely challenging, but winning helps. Getting guys on your campus and around your vibe and around your players help. And so Michigan has been able to do that here of late. And the first guy that we'll talk about is a guy that will help them immediately as part of their 23 class. As a flip of sorts, I still don't know the story of Brandon Hillman at Notre Dame, Steve, but I don't really care. (laughs) I don't really care what the Notre Dame story is because this dude, he's not an Amarion Walker level freak. But he's like that next level of just a guy who you can plug and play seemingly at five or six different positions on your football team. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the other thing, too, that it it didn't really get talked a lot about 
I mean, it kind of semi-changes the perspective on the 23 class. I mean, a little bit, doesn't it? I mean, he would have been, I think, I think he's their third highest ranked guy. Second, second Bryce. Yeah, second highest ranked guy in the class now. Um, and yeah, Michigan doesn't care what the story with Notre Dame is either, I'm sure. Uh, they, they, I mean, I don't even think the, I don't even think his tweet had gone public before he reported a Michigan off. I mean, it was bang, bang. Michigan had offered. I think what's other what, another fascinating thing about this one is uh, not a guy I remember them pursuing originally. I, I don't know if he had had an offer before he signed with Notre Dame uh, from from the Michigan staff. So yeah, Uber Athletic uh, guessing safety I think is where they're kind of projecting him, and and which that's another thing too. You know. They signed all those defensive backs in 22. I think taking another guy that can play safety in 23, maybe, you know, they're still going to go after their big fish in 24, but it takes a little pressure off of having to land, like, all of your top targets or, or you know, two of your three top guys at safety because, you know, going skipping a cycle at any position puts a lot of pressure on and that one, that next cycle uh, to reel in some some guys. So nice bridge from 22 to 24. Uh, at this, if that's where he ends up, but I feel like that's where they're at least that's what they have in mind right now. Uh, but yeah, and and you know the Jordan Marshall, which we'll talk about, big win over how this was a win over Ohio State too, right? right? <laughs> yeah. And we remember what happened with the uh, Igbonasun recruitment and and how Ohio State won that recruitment over Michigan. I think the fact that Michigan came back and won this recruitment for Hillman, uh, you know, again had to, two head to head wins over Ohio State and. A little over three or four days is is uh yeah it got people feeling good in Ann Arbor. Yeah, running back, receiver, corner, safety. I know there was some talk that maybe he could be, you know, he could be a uh I'm obviously a nickel, and I wonder if that that is where he will ultimately wind up in Michigan. I know he'll be DB. I just don't know if they're thinking pure safety or nickel at this point. I would bet nickel because he's physical enough to be a box guy. He has. Uh, he, he is fluid enough to be a cover guy, too. He would be more along the lines of Dax as far as size is concerned. Again, I, I, I'm not calling him a Dax-level straight-line speed guy. But, man, Bryce, the, your your speed, your leaping ability, your change of direction. I mean, this dude checks a lot of athletic boxes. I don't know why he sort of flew under the radar a little bit earlier in the process. Maybe because he, he does not do anything with recruiting. Like, I don't really know anyone that really talks to him. I just know the reaction. You can gauge a lot by the reaction. Just, you know, folks, you know, different people in Michigan recruiting circles, Bryce Marriage, the elation over getting this one done. There were folks excited about Brandon Hillman being in the fold. Absolutely. And, yeah, you talk about kind of his backstory and kind of how he flew under the radar well, Sam, he played quarterback for three years in high school. He was a quarterback, and he even played quarterback his senior year, and he put up monster numbers. But his high school coach said, you're a heat-seeking missile. Let's try you on defense. And lo and behold, he starts seeing his recruitment pop off and explode. Notre Dame loved what he brought coming you know, into the box, but also coverage skills. And he's just a pure athlete. I know one of um, – He's one of the standouts at the Polynesian Bowl when he was down there for the 2023 one. So this is a guy that I know Michigan's really excited about. I've heard comparisons, like you said, in terms of the speed and maybe size to Daxel. Not quite up to par with the speed, but hitting ability 
of a Cleek Hudson. That really was the thing. And the other thing I know that I think Michigan was looking for when it came to the 2023 class of safeties is they've stacked that room. So they weren't going to just take anyone. And I think they wanted to take elite talent and one just fell right in their laps with Brandon Hillman. And that's kind of what happened. And this is one that Michigan's not going to feel sorry for. They've lost plenty of recruitments and things gone opposite way, like Xavier Worthies and all that. So this is a nice, you know, change for once. No doubt. No doubt. Look, uh, Thing, circumstances are different than, for instance, let's say where Rob Moore jumped in as a freshman, right? Um, you know, in, in terms of safety and nickel. Uh, but I think this dude is talented enough to to come in, even with a greater depth and challenge. I'm not saying that he will necessarily be in a rotation, but I don't think it's out of the question uh, because I think this dude has that kind of athleticism. But let's shift gears into the second win. And we'll we'll definitely start off with with you, Steve. Since you talked about beating Ohio State twice, this was a bigger victory. This was a Titanic victory. And let me set the the stage right because we we've, we've talked for a year about hey, Michigan should be able on an annual basis to command the attention of the top running back prospects in the country, and they should be able to on a on an annual basis, you know, top hundred four or five star guy they should be able to get at least one of those per cycle with the way that they run the football, right? We were very, very clear about that. Uh, you know, saying that that is the the challenge for them as a recruiting staff and for Mike Hart in particular as the position coach. He got Cole Cabana last year uh, from here in state as a rising guy and wound up being a, uh, a the, one of the higher rated guys in the class. But could you box with an Ohio State, for instance? And Steve? He boxed with Ohio State, and he knocked him out. Yeah, so I didn't realize this till yet. Ohio State didn't sign a running back last cycle. They lost Mark Fletcher to Miami. So not only they beat Ohio State head-to-head, not only they beat him at running back, where also, you know, like I, I know they didn't sign one last year, but it's a, it's a spot Ohio State's always recruited at an elite level. But they beat him at a position of need. Uh, you know, really a, a grand slam Again, what I said yesterday from both a from both a player standpoint and how good Jordan Marshall is, but even but even maybe more so at least today from a perception standpoint, right? Because you did you went toe to toe with Ohio State. Uh, I know I think Tennessee, Wisconsin were his top four, but I this was Michigan or Ohio State pretty much the whole way. I feel like and uh, yeah, you know yeah the Mike Hart stuff. I don't know. Uh, I think that really comes down to people question. I I think it came down to people questioning the the Benjamin Hall deal more than anything. Cause honestly, Mike's always wrapped up his guys pretty early and not had to go down to the wire for a, for a big name type, you know, Cole Cabana was a pretty easy recruiting win for them. They got Benjamin Hall, uh, you know, so it, it's kind of a weird uh, misguided situation in, in a lot of instances, as far as, uh, you know, I think, I think, and then also I think people think Mike Hart, they think of uh, the guy who wore, wore Michigan on his sleeve, you know, a very outspoken guy. I think people must have thought he was going to be involved in, like, every recruitment for Michigan, like, ever, you know, <laughs> just because it was Mike Hart. You know, we, we know how much Mike, how, how you know, he's he was always very uh, upfront about his love for the university and stuff as a player. It's just, it's not how it works in college recruiting, right? And so, 
So, yeah. So, I mean, that that's uh, just a huge win, though. And, again, Tony Alford, one of Ohio State's best recruiters, one of the best recruiters in the country. You know, so just from top to bottom, uh, this was a huge win for Michigan. I think the other thing, too, somebody asked this on the board yesterday, you know, not going to impact the Taylor Tatum recruitment at all. And honestly, in my opinion, I think it's better for Michigan that Marshall's the first guy on board than vice versa, uh, because I think Tatum's interest in Michigan independently is massive. Could have seen if, if, if by chance, which I don't know what his timeline is, but if Tatum had gotten on board first, I could, you know, could maybe foresee a situation where that would have steered Marshall stronger towards Ohio State. But now I think with, with I think he'll be maybe one of their biggest assets in helping uh, go, go further with Taylor Tatum. So, you know, again, just cannot understate how big of a win this is for Michigan uh, on the recruiting trail. Almost a year in the making. This recruitment has been where, what was it, April, where he had Jordan Marshall on campus? And from that point on, you could really see the relationship get stronger and stronger and stronger. Yeah, and I think, too, Jordan, one of the biggest things he's echoed throughout his recruitment when it came to Michigan was he related to Mike Hart on a personal level and with Mike Hart's family as well. He always talked about his family and getting to know the family as well as Mike and just really bonding, really gelling with him, and feeling his sense of home there. And it's ironic because, I mean, his parents grew up Ohio State fans. He was slated to go to Ohio State this upcoming week. Ohio State was supposed to get the last visit, Sam. I mean, this was all packaged and everything for Ohio State. You know, it's a guy right in their backyard, a top target. They need a leap running back this cycle. And he picks Michigan. I think everything, though, with Mike Hart, Steve Klingscale, and also the running back depth chart. I mean, that's an easy sell that maybe Ohio State cannot sell. That's the other thing I think in Michigan's favor that might have been an overlooked. And a reason why they're still very much in the mix for Taylor Tatum, a top 100 running back, is because you're for sure going to lose Blake Horm. Probably, not 100%, but most likely you're going to lose Donovan Edwards. You don't know who's in the back, Leo Mullings, a couple young guys, but no one proven. And at that point, you want some workhorse backs. And Michigan's shown that they're not afraid to run several guys throughout the season because if guys get dinged, if guys get nicked up, you're going to need more backs in the stable. And so this is a guy that can do everything you need. He was the Gatorade player in the air as a junior in the state of Ohio, which is impressive. And he had all the offers. This is a huge win. This is a statement win. And this shows that Michigan is now a real player in the state of Ohio. And Ohio can Ohio State cannot just show up last minute, the 11th hour, and expect they can offer a kid and he's going to come running to them. That's not happening anymore. So that's what really struck me, that he basically said, I don't need to visit Ohio State. I already know where I want to go. And that was the most surprising news. Not even that he committed, but that's when he did it and how well, he did it. Check check this out. So in the aftermath of it, I heard that Mike had actually encouraged him to visit Ohio State. Like, go visit Ohio State. And the kid was like, no, nah, I don't need to. I'm coming to Michigan. So I don't know. Listen, man, I think that this is very clearly a point. In this Michigan sort of Ohio recruitment, 
or Michigan recruiting in Ohio where it, 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 this might be the time where, where they're finally pressing Ohio State in a way that makes them uh, be more on guard, that, that makes them not be able to chalk up the top players in the state, your Bryce West, your Aaron Scotts, that they're definitely coming to Ohio State. They're going to have to work harder for those guys. Michigan is legitimately in the mix for both of those players, and Jordan Marshall is a signal. That's a signal. that This is the first player since Nolan Rumbler that Michigan got out of the state of Ohio that had an offer from Ohio State. And Nolan Rumbler had been the only player in 10 years with that distinction. Now, that doesn't mean that Michigan hadn't gotten other good players from Ohio. They just didn't have Ohio State offers. And that doesn't mean that Michigan hadn't beaten Ohio State for other prospects they had outside of Ohio. This is very significant in the trajectory of Michigan recruiting that state. We've had several podcasts over the years kind of talking about the, 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 the role that Ohio players have played in Michigan's success historically. So this is, this is why you know, the win is magnified. You, Mike Hart went into Ohio State or went in the state of Ohio, beat Ohio State for a guy, it is a top running back, and it is the highest-ranked prospect in his career. Just checked a lot of boxes there, guys. But it wasn't over. And speaking of Ohio, Bryce, they landed another prospect out of the state of Ohio here uh, this week. Yeah, and a school that might be familiar to Michigan fans, uh, St. Edwards and Lakewood, Ohio, Ben Roebuck. I mean, when you talk about big dude Sam, he's the definition of ginormous. Six foot seven, 325 pounds, just a pure uh, road grader, physical, tough, mean, has a nasty streak. He's been part of the St. Ed's team that won the state championship this past year. Um, impressive offensive line. I mean, the Armstrong twins are on the same offensive line. They both have Michigan offers as well. I think they're leaning more towards Ohio State. That's my opinion right now. I know Penn State's in that recruitment. But going back to Ben, this is a guy that Michigan had been turning up for for a long time. I mean, for months he had been telling me that Michigan led in that recruitment because of Sharon Moore and also Steve Klinkscale. But the other guy that's been a really strong advocate for Michigan on the recruiting trail has been Luke Hamilton. Luke Hamilton, a fellow offensive lineman in the state of Ohio, has done a fabulous job connecting with these guys and telling them, hey, you need to take a look at Michigan, not only take a look at Michigan, but really consider them. He's been in the air of all these guys, especially Ben. And the thing with Ben that Ohio State fans are going to chalk up is he didn't have an Ohio State offer. But when you watch him play, he fits the mold of what Michigan likes to do up front, bully ball. That's what he does. That is what he does. He's probably going to be a tackle. Maybe, maybe he could slide inside. I doubt it. I'm thinking probably right tackle to begin with, but he fits everything that Sharon Moore loves to do, smash mouth football, and that's what Michigan does. And the other thing, when I talked to him, he said, why would I want to go to Michigan when they just won the Joe Moore Award two years in a row too? So there's a lot going in Michigan's favor, and this is another win for Michigan, the state of Ohio, regardless of if he had Ohio State offer or not. He had offers from Wisconsin, Penn State, several other schools, over 20 offers. This is a huge win, and this is another sign that Michigan isn't going anywhere in the state of Ohio. Yeah, man, it's <laughs> – I, I guess I sort of chuckle at Ohio State 
uh, fans, uh, pun this kind of stuff. Well, he didn't have an Ohio State offense, which he didn't, but it's an offensive lineman. Like, why if if Michigan, to your point, who won the Joe Moore Award, Joe Moore Award two years in a row, why would they care what Ohio State thought about their O line emails, right? I, I just same I, thing when we were talking. Remember Cam Calhoun? We had that conversation. The Michigan gets Cam Calhoun, and you hear immediately hear Ohio State folks say, "Oh, he didn't have a Michigan offer." And I'm thinking to myself, "Well, so <laughs> I mean, I mean, whose DB evals would you take based on the results here? Yeah, uh, of of late. So it's one of those things where just to emphasize the point." Having an Ohio State offer isn't the be-all, end-all as far as whether or not the kid is good, the prospect is good. It's just noteworthy with Marshall because it does signal a maybe a different time, a different tone in Michigan's presence in Ohio. It just, you know, they had made some some strides when Al was here. They, you know, he only had uh, Eric all the show for it, but he was right there with Zach. Hey, you guys remember? He was right mm-hmm. there with Zach Harrison, right there. I mean, think about being there with Zach Harrison. I remember it. Being, uh, the word being that Zach Harrison's mom didn't really like Al that much at the time. He overcame that because he had such a great relationship with the kid. He had come up so many times. He was really vibing, really kind of seeing it, seeing it happen. And then Michigan got beat. On, I mean, they didn't just get beat. They got beat down on the field. And it's like, I can't go to Michigan and get beat. Now, eventually he did go to go to Ohio State. It got beat by by Michigan, but you get the point. Now Michigan has Ohio ties, Ohio emphasis, and they beat, they're beating Ohio too. You add those things together, and it just really feels like <clears throat> of the tide as far as Michigan's ability to recruit that state. But what about from this point on, guys? Let's talk big picture because Michigan has some momentum. Doesn't feel like it's over. There was a picture that was tweeted out by Blake Frazier, right? So I guess, and I was going to go to the to the five-star quarterback, which we'll get to. But since Blake tweeted the picture out, Bryce, Blake Frazier <clears throat> is a guy who I think we all have. I have a crystal ball in Steve. You have a crystal ball on Blake Frazier yet? Correct. And Steve and Bryce, I know you do. We all think that Michigan is in the pole position for a Michigan legacy in Blake Frazier. Yeah, so – a uh, guy from Austin, Texas, uh, you would think maybe how is he going to fit in with Michigan? Well, he's a Michigan legacy. Sam, like you noted, his father played with Tom Brady back in the late 90s. He actually won a national title here in Ann Arbor as well. Um, and Blake, you know, he came up for the first time back from the Maryland game. And it was a short trip. He really enjoyed his time. And the biggest takeaway, which he had been saying throughout this process, was Michigan's treating me not as a legacy recruit. And I think that's kind of echoed with Jacob Bowden. If you have asked him, if you ask Channing Goodwin, how they've been recruiting him of, you know, you're more than just what your dad's last name was. And you came here and played. You're a guy that we want in the program and what you can bring as well on the field and off the, off the field. So he came up for extended stay. He joked that he said it was like basically a, official visit type visit because he was here so long he was here the whole weekend an extra day um he had a blast loved his time he really connected with the guys luke hamilton ben roebuck two of the guys now in the class jane davis jordan marshall brady prescorn and i asked him about that you know that 
viral photo at this point. And he said, yeah, it's something we talked about. It's something we kind of envisioned. And he said, you know, this class could be special. This class could be really good. Now, he is going to take his officials. He's going to take his time. It's going to go into the summer. But the thing that changed, his tone at least, was before this trip, he said he's 100% taking his officials. And afterwards, he's going to make a commitment before a senior season. That's kind of where he was at. After this trip, he said, we'll see. I'm going to plan on taking the officials, but maybe I only take one and I commit. Who knows? So his timeline seems like it definitely moved up. It definitely sped up at this point. And he's the guy that I feel really good for in this class. And I know he really likes Michigan on the merit of what they've been doing up front. He loves Sharon Moore. He loves how they've won the Joe Moore Award the past two seasons. And he fits what Michigan loves to do. Bully ball, physical up front, six foot five, 265 pounds. And a guy that Sam, he saw his offer list double in the month of January. He's a legit top target. A guy that I know that Jerome loves. And overall, this is a guy I think that would fit Michigan to a T as well. No doubt about it. Uh, here, and here's the thing, Steve. When you see something like that, I mean, the the connotations are clear, and they know what they're doing when they when they put stuff like, out there uh, like that, right? So it just doesn't feel like a coincidence that Jordan Marshall commits. Uh, we see Ben Roebuck, uh, you know, Jaden Davis, who we'll talk about shortly, is announcing his top five here soon. This is just this just feels like one of those. One of those runs that we've seen Michigan go on before. I think yeah, if we had a if we had to put up a poll to say which of these four guys is going to commit last of the group, I think Jordan Marshall would have been the <laughs> runaway winner, right. right? And I think I think that's what's so interesting about it, uh, you know, because yeah, the the dominoes, the 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 pieces of the puzzle, you know, are kind of starting to come together again. I wanted to say one other thing about Ben Roebuck. If you're an Ohio State fan and you're like you're you're crowing about him not having a, an Ohio State offer, I would maybe like to me that that's you should feel the opposite. It's like why didn't they offer? You know, like like right, right. you know what I mean? Like why like yeah, yeah it's like a self own kind of like <laughs> yeah we didn't we didn't offer him the we didn't offer him, you know, but the school that's won two straight offensive line awards offered him and got him, you know. Ha ha, you know, too bad, you know. So like I just like how stupid, uh not surprising, but uh but yeah. As far as Blake Frazier goes, another one. We'll see if he takes it into the summer. Uh I think we talked about our our crystal ball predictions or prediction of the next crystal ball. Frazier was mine. I'm not surprised that his crystal ball is, is starting to turn Mason blue. And yeah, I mean, Michigan's offensive line class uh, is potentially starting to kind of take shape a little bit, or at least what it, what it very, very easily uh, could be. So, and he'd be a huge piece of that. I think he's underrated too, by the way, 88 on 24, seven, he has way too many big offers from from schools that are very picky about who they offer up front. I always think of like when I see Clemson is another school that they don't offer many guys, and they've hit they've hit you know you see Blake Miller for them freshman the kid out of Strongsville Ohio who's like an All American almost like you know so you know I just as an eighty eight I would not pay a ton of attention to that yet. I think he's a guy uh, provided Michigan's able to get him uh, is a guy that'll move up 
on our side of the coin eventually at some point. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, so guys, um, it's a great segue there, Steve, because another guy that Ohio State, as you mentioned, they they, they sell phones. You know, there's been a lot of talk about the work that they were doing with Jaden Davis, right? A lot of, a lot of talk. And it's not misplaced. They have really pushed for Jaden Davis really hard all over him. And the objective of theirs had to be, we got to slow him down, right? Remember, he was trending towards deciding in December, right? Now, they got a little help from Michigan with the coaching questions, with Harbaugh, you know, looking at the pros, and then Matt Weiss getting fired, right? Then you got to hire another quarterback coach. Then he has to get to know that guy. In that window, Ohio State, was doing some good work. I think Ohio State was one of the, it's my opinion, Ohio State is one of the causes of him kind of questioning, are they really going to put it up enough? Are they really going to move it down the field enough to make me be a Heisman contender in the first round pick? You know, he's the kind of guy that will, you know, talk to his resources. Like, he knows C.J. Stroud. Like, he can reach out to C.J. Stroud and talk to C.J. Stroud about what's going on at, at, at Ohio State. So, the Buckeyes have been really working overtime to try to wedge into this recruitment. But this last visit for Jaden Davis, I think, was was really significant. They came out of it raving about Kirk Campbell, just like we've seen. every All the reports about Kirk Campbell have been glowing. I mean, none more glowing than Bryce Underwood's dad, right? I mean, hell, I, I could... It's like a love letter to to Kirk Campbell and to Ben Herbert, right? Um, very, very clear that they are approved of the change at the quarterback coach. Uh, so to convince Jaden, who was like the the one advocate for Matt Weiss, like you, who who was really riding for Matt Weiss harder than anyone, it was Jaden Davis. If you win him over, you were really doing something. And I think he did. I think he did a great job. I think the the vibe with with the with the players, the recruits that you saw in that picture is real. I think that the other piece of it was that they really kind of showed him, you know, we're going to be more balanced. It's not going to be like it was at the beginning of last season where, uh, yeah, they threw the ball, but they didn't really throw it down the football field. It wasn't a whole lot of play action shots. We saw that later in the season. And I think they were kind of emphasizing while he was here, like this is what it's going to look like with, with Sharon. And I just wish Sharon, 
but also with JJ with some experience under his belt, right? JJ being healthy now to shoulder fully over his shoulder injury. There's going to be more balance. There's going to there's going to be more shots down the field. Oh, hey, look at this flea flicker in practice, right? Just to just to make the point. And I think that Michigan knocked it out of the park to the point where I even upped my crystal ball. I, I think that Michigan is overwhelmingly the team to beat. And if and when it happens that they get them, and I think they will, I think you chalk it up as another victory over Ohio State because that's how hard they're working, Steve. I mean, they are working hard on Jaden Davis and trying to, after the Rayola thing, they they, they need to do something, right? It's really, really, really I was going to say, right I was going to say, I mean, they, they lost out on Dylan Rayola. Uh, I think they they do have some irons in, in a few fires, but yeah, I mean, Jaden Davis is one that they tried to, yeah, they tried to capitalize on maybe, you know, we did say, I think a few podcasts ago, we mentioned Michigan did leave the door cracked, right? Because of the off season, the shuffling and stuff. So, you know, I mean, if you're Ohio State, you're, you might as well check in, right? I mean, Davis is super talented. Ohio State's got a long list of success uh, at the college level at the quarterback position. And, uh, you know, so it makes sense. But, yeah, test, another testament again to uh, Kurt Campbell. And, and, and again, another one where we mentioned, you know, Michigan's best recruiter when they're doing it is Jim Harbaugh still. Yeah. No right? And, and, right? And so, you know, it all goes back to just Michigan basically be having to just write the ship. Uh, and, and, you know, like I said, it was really about kind of answer, just answering the questions that the Davis camp had. And as long as Michigan gave the right answers and, and, and showed it uh, that things were going to be where we've said they've been for a while, if not stronger. So yeah, no, I, I, it, it is. It's kind of funny. It's like now you can kind of chalk. You could chalk this one up as another win over Ohio State. You know, it's like uh, Michigan making up for lost time here. That's why I said. That's why I was thinking with Mike Hart and Jordan Marshall. I was like, Mike's making up for his playing days. You know, two and zero last two last two seasons. He beats him for Jordan Marshall. If there's anybody who's motivated to beat Ohio State as much as they possibly can going forward, I think Mike is always going to be at the top of that list. But but anyway, yeah. I mean, like I said. Michigan able to if they're able to hold off Ohio State, which you know there's no anticipation that they won't be able to hold them off. Uh, it is it's another win for them, and then Ohio State's got to kind of keep fishing around for a quarterback. So yeah, yeah, another guy that I think Michigan leads for. We all think Michigan leads for, and it would be another victory over Ohio State on the visit in the picture. Bryce, you just went to see him, Brady Priestcorn. Yeah, athletic guy. I actually watched his basketball game. I know, unfortunately, they lost to Grand Blank, which was home to former Ty Rogers, who I now plays for Illinois, and a guy I thought would have fit perfect in Michigan, but that's besides the point. He was um, really perfect this year. Man, good grief. Well, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, Brady had 17 points, several rebounds, physical, athletic, a lot of the people I was by the fans were astonished that he was a football player, the way he was playing. Um, physically gifted, athletic, six foot six, 225 pounds, one of the nation's top tight end prospects. And a guy that Sam I talked to afterwards that's not known for talking. But when I talked to him, he seemed pretty happy, pretty joyous. And he talked plenty about his Michigan visit in that picture as well, saying it's a different type of experience. And even Blake had said this to me too then. You know, they had been on many recruiting trips. They've never experienced something where they instantly connected with the guys that they never knew. You know, they all came together 
for this picture in a freezing stadium that they joked that they had their puffer jackets on the side of the picture that you couldn't even see, but they took the picture and they ran to get their jackets. And it was just an experience in a moment they all shared and they all kind of talked about and they realized like the potential. Imagine all of us together, what we could do. And he talked about that. And he also talked about Jim Harbaugh, the connection he has and his family have with him. He joked that Jim Harbaugh showed his chip tooth. I guess he got from a chicken wing or something he was telling us about. What? So. <laughs> I, I, literally, I literally, the, literally the only coach in maybe sports that you would hear a story like that about. Like from a, like from a player, like you would never hear exactly. that anywhere else. Exactly. And I, I guess he showed him the chip tooth or something like that. And Brandy was telling me the story and I was looking at him like, is this for real? And he's like, oh, it's for real. You know, I'm like, I guess, you know, but you never know. And that's the thing is he really connects with him. He really connects with Grant Newsom, a guy he's formed a great relationship with. He's been to campus six times. He's planning on potentially coming up next weekend on top of the spring game. His brother right now is at Ole Miss, so he's going to go for the spring game there as well. He's got a top eight, but he mentioned that he wants to take official visits in June. Michigan definitely is going to get one, but he's a recruitment. He didn't say this. This is my opinion, but I could see him pop early. I could see him not even wait that long, and Michigan sits really well in that recruitment. He loves everything they offer, and here's one of the telling points. When you ask a kid, what are you looking for in school? You know, they'll tell you. One of the things he brought up was tight end development and tight end usage. And I followed it up with, so what do you think of Michigan's? And he's like, I love Colston Loveland. He basically rattled off the whole tight end depth chart and named all the guys and said, look what they've been doing. Look what they're going to continue to do. I would love to learn Colston to have him take him under my wing I'm not saying he, you know, revealed his cards and showed his cards, but I definitely think that's something that's going to be a telling sign in the recruitment, and that definitely favors Michigan. We always joke Michigan uses three to four tight ends every formation, every play. They have 11 on the roster, so he's definitely going to be used. He's definitely going to be wanted, and this is a guy I think that Michigan sits in very well shape for. Yeah, you know, it's funny. So, Ohio State is in there, but I think if you're a tight end, and I just think Michigan has a really compelling case over Ohio State. Now they're they're in the mix very much so. He is looking hard at the Buckeyes. Penn State feels to me like the stronger competition because you look at what that means. You got Firemuth, you got Gasecki, Jesse James went there. I mean, they've had some tight ends, but here's the thing, Steve, and you know, I mentioned names of guys that they had a long time ago when it was a different offensive staff, right? I mean, hell, I, I want to say Kirk Campbell was on some of those staffs where they had those tight ends. He's on Michigan staff now. Like, can can they, can Penn State show success, recent success, with any of these guys that are on their roster right now, any of these coaches that are on their staff right now? Meanwhile, you look at tight end usage for Michigan, those guys are there. I mean, the offense is there, right? The the former, you know, guy who used to coach the tight ends is the offensive coordinator. I mean, come on, man. So uh, at the end of the day, Michigan's had him on campus the most, right? The tight end usage is unquestionable. 
uh, and you look at the the schools they're uh, competing the most against for for Brady, I want to say that their tight end usage uh, is questionable at best. So we'll we'll see how it goes. But I like Michigan with Brady pre-scoring. Let's do a, a a double here, Steve, and talk about Max Anderson and Andrew Sprague. One guy we hear from a lot. The other guy we don't hear from that much. Both guys we hear Michigan is in very good shape for. Yeah, so Max Anderson actually did, was it today, released the top group, right? And it didn't have any state of Texas schools in it, if I remember right. It was kind of a fascinating thing for a, for a top. I think he's ranked in the top 200. I think he's in between 150, 200. Um, yeah, a guy that Michigan, I, I feel like, feels very good about their standing with. He just said his official, right, Bryce? What was the date on? Mid-June? 16th to the 18th. Yep. So he'll yep. be on campus again and is a guy that, you know, quietly has been one of those guys. I think the guys that are currently committed have really been working hard with. I think they've been working on Andrew Sprague as well. Uh, but Anderson, uh, very public about his affinity for Michigan, that's for sure. Uh, and, and a guy, again, a guy that I think, A, Michigan feels really good, really good about, and a guy that has been at the top of their board for quite a long time. And uh, probably, you know, I think you look at who they're in on, you know, I think guys like Anderson Frazier are sort of those chess pieces that they can move around up front, you know, guys that they can take a commitment from and not have to feel like it's pigeonholed into a certain spot so that they can pitch an Andrew Sprague that he could be the left tackle of the future for them. Cause that's where Sprague is almost undoubtedly projecting his left tackle spot. Right. So you know, that's why people ask, like, well, if they get Frazier and they, if they were to get Anderson, can they still get Sprague? Uh, absolutely, because I think Sprague is the guy they've told is is going to be their left tackle of this class. So, uh, yeah, Max Anderson, yeah, like I said, uh, more public about his affinity for Michigan. Sprague, yeah, very quiet, you know, I, which I'm sure Michigan loves. They seem to love to recruit kids that don't want to say crap to anybody about anything for whatever reason that almost sometimes I almost feel like it gives, it means Michigan's got a better shot uh, when it's a guy that doesn't really talk much. Uh, but USC Notre Dame are two recent offers. I think that he took note of uh, he's visiting Nebraska this weekend, but overall another one that at least from what it, from what it sounds like on Michigan's end, I feel like they feel like they're in pretty good standing with him. He was just on campus a few weeks ago, I want to say. And I think, the plan from what I gather is that he'll be on campus for an official visit. So not a kid who I don't think is in a major hurry at all. Could be one of those like summer before my senior season type guys. Uh, But yeah, I mean, Michigan's kind of in the constant there because like I said, USC and Notre Dame just offered and were immediately kind of mentioned as like schools that, you know, that might be in it a little bit. Um, And we've covered how many recruitments where that you keep that one school that's the constant throughout. And it usually ends up in that school's favor and, uh, this might be another one for Michigan. But another kid, he he just got bumped up, I think, over 100 spots in the our most recent top 24-7 update, right? So uh, high ceiling, big timer at left tackle, and, and has been Michigan's top target there for probably about a calendar year now. Yeah, if, uh, if I didn't set the, the table right, uh, you should have picked up on it. Now. These are all guys we think Michigan leads for as of today, some of them, we have crystal balls for which means we think if, right now we think Michigan is getting that guy. If we have a crystal ball in, right. If, if, if we're just saying their lead, uh, you know, they got some more work to do to sort of solidify it. Uh, but we have crystal balls in for Brian Robinson, Bryce. So let's just, let's, let me just ask you this question because this 
is going to be one of the measures for Ohio State. One of the things they used to be able to do, and this is one of the things that Urban Meyer championed. You come in, you identify maybe the top guys, the five-star, top of the hill kind of guys you want from the state of Ohio. Then you got that next tier that you like well enough to offer to play at Ohio State, but you want to go see what you can get elsewhere first. Then you come, if you don't, if you miss on them, then you come back in state and you get that guy, right? And so they've been able to do that in the past. Do you think they'll be able to do that with Brian Robinson, who has offers from basically the country, but he does not have an offer from Ohio State? We have Crystal Balls in for him to Michigan. Do you think if Ohio State comes back around in a week, a month, two months, three, and offers Brian Robinson, you think they'll be able to turn the tide in that recruitment? So, Steve, don't sue me because this is a patented answer, but I'm just going to simply say no. No. That's let's just leave it there. I don't it's, own that word. No. You can say no. You can say no. It's fine. <laughs> that's his not going to get offended. I know. I know. <laughs> but yes, I. You know, I. I don't want to speak for his father or you know Brian, but in our several talks we've had with them, especially in the studio, I think they've made it very clear their stance on how they feel about Ohio State and the lack of an offer. And at this point, what Michigan's done relationship wise getting him there eight Sam times. I don't I, I was to say how many times and next trip he wants to see the dorms the dorms for Ohio State to get back in it he's gonna have to take 20 trips <laughs> <laughs> so right that's basically no I don't think an offer is gonna change that recruitment yeah I don't either uh another one put in a crystal ball for uh, he had a bang up visit a couple of weeks ago. We actually talked about it last week. I think Michigan will get him. This is another kid that Ohio State's only visited Ohio State uh, in, in the past, but Michigan in great shape with Aaron Childs, top two, four, seven linebacker out of good counsel, which you got to feel like that bodes well for them with other good counsel guys. Right. But I, I think they are definitely the leader. And so I spoke to his dad, and we're going to have more. So he lays out the timeline. He lays out upcoming visit plans. They definitely are going to official to Michigan, but there might be another visit in between. I mean, Michigan is really, really trending. And so to give you a key or an idea of how much and why I decided to go ahead and put in the crystal ball, because, you know, me, I it takes a, a big threshold for me to do so. Um, yeah, dad sort of laid out what it was like after the visit. This is Aaron Childs Sr. talking about Aaron Childs Jr. and his reaction to the latest Michigan visit. You know Aaron better than any, anyone. Like, he came off the last visit, and he was like, I mean, you could tell he really liked it, thought it was great. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, it's hard to tell, you know, not knowing him like you do, how how that like or how that feeling compares to the same impressions that he may have gotten from other schools, from other visits, I should say. So knowing him like you do, how would you say, I mean, what kind of vibe did you get off of him about this visit? Was it similar to his, the feeling that he got coming off of other visits? Was it different? What did you think? Uh, it was a little bit different. Um, you know, he wanted to go right after it. But, you know, it's still a process. 
So, you know, <laughs> want to kind of show them, show them some other places and, and then let them make a decision. You know, we want to explore all the options and then make a decision. But it was definitely different from any of the other offers. Uh, you had to pump home. the brakes on you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. When he come home, it was it was different. I had to, yeah, yeah, I hear that. Wait a minute, that's not moved too fast. You know, we know that this is what we, you know. So let's just relax. Yeah, guys. <laughs> yeah, Michigan's in good shape. Would you say? Would you say, Stephen Bryce? Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> here. We're back to that only Michigan word. The dad convinces the kid to wait. You know, <laughs> it's. It makes sense, though. He's got other visits. I mean, you got, you know, if I was a, I think I'd want to, I think he's going to see Florida, right? I mean, I'd, I'd want to go down to Gainesville or, you know, check that stuff out. But yeah, no, I mean, Michigan, it's felt like they're in good shape here. Kind of a similar situation to Jaden Davis, right? Where Michigan was in good shape. George Helo's out. Chris Partridge is in. He comes and visits. As long as Partridge was able to sort of fill in the gaps there uh, from Hilo that, that we thought Michigan would be in good shape, if not even better shape. And it, it really feels like they did that. So, yeah. So let's close things out. Bryce, Amarion Stewart back this weekend. You already have a crystal ball in for Amarion. I think Michigan leads for Amarion and I'm close. That That's probably the next guy I'm closest to dropping a crystal ball on. Uh, they are really feeling Ron Bellamy, really feeling Michigan. I think he is at or near the top of the receiver board. Uh, he'll be back on campus again. Uh, so your thoughts on him and then lay out kind of the rest of the, the visit slate. Yeah, so Marianne Stewart from Bolingbrook, Illinois, four-star wide receiver who's been up to campus, Sam, numerous times. Um, and a guy that kind of merged and kind of rose up their board after a, a strong camp performance in front of Ron Bellamy. And after that, he came back up, and he was with the top group with Jane Davis. Um Jordan Ship and Jenna Goodwin. They kind of put them all, all of them together. And since then, he's still been a top, you know, wide receiver target. I know his dad loves Michigan. He's been posing. He was taking pictures on the photo shoot, I was told, at Michigan. And he's a big Fab Five fan as well. Um, Wisconsin is definitely in the mix there as well. I know he really likes what they're doing, especially they're going to try to air it out. We'll see if that actually happens or not. That's going to be interesting. North Carolina, a couple other schools, but I, I just think Michigan's going to be tough to beat when it comes to Marriott Stewart, especially since he's got such a great relationship with the coaching staff and other guys that Michigan's recruiting, like uh, Jane Davis as well. In terms of who's coming up this upcoming weekend, um, they're going to have Max LeBlanc. He's a tight end, a four-star from the state of Texas, a guy that Grant Newsom has been in contact with and done a really nice job with. Um, Chris Ewald, a Michigan commit. He's a top 100 level prospect. He's already committed. He's been committed for, I want to say, months, 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 months. That's Steve Cleanscale. That's all him. He's done a fabulous job in that recruitment. And his teammate, Zaquan Patterson, in the class of 2024, he's another top 100 prospect. He's a DB that Michigan's done extremely well with as well. He's coming up with Chris and his you know, pops. So you're going to have several top guys on campus as well. I think the thing with Michigan's got to just keep doing what they're doing these visits. I don't know if it's, I don't know what's different this spring. We've talked about it, but it just seems like they're really connecting, really making a strong 
uh, impression on these kids. And this is another great opportunity to show them, hey, Michigan's the place to be. And the other thing, last but not least, is they got the momentum. Michigan right now, I would say, is the hottest team on the recruiting trail, and it shows. And this is another weekend to capitalize on that. Steve, any others to to add, or did, did Bryce hit them? Oh. I think he hit the ones that matter. I did want to throw in one final tidbit on, on Brandon Hillman. We talked about him earlier. Uh, almost, or no, he did. He jumped almost uh, 450 spots in a December re-rank from 24-7 sports. And uh, one thing I know his, with history is, like, guys that trend that late are almost – are guys that are, like, they're ascending. Uh, you know, so talk about a guy that – uh, could be an, uh, an early impact type player. Uh, a guy who moves up 400 spots in a December re-rank is, is you can't ask for much more than that. So, yeah, really turned into a, just a major piece in that recruiting class for, for Michigan. So, yeah, big, big, big jump there. All right, folks. That is going to do it for this edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. As I said, we appreciate your support. We hope that you continue to show love. If you like this podcast, be sure to rate it. Be sure to review it. Be sure to tell all your friends about it. If you're watching us on YouTube, like the video, subscribe to the channel. Helps us keep going and growing. And of course, whenever we put up a new video, you'll get a notification. But the best place to show love is over at themichiganinsider.com. That is where it all goes down. Football, basketball, recruiting coverage, you know, analysis, everything you could want, you can find over at themichiganinsider.com. $1 gets you in your first week. Once you become a full-paying member, you also get access to Paramount Plus. And by the way, the entire 24-7 sports network is your oyster. You'll be able to check out Intel from any site where you become a member of 24-7 sports via the Michigan Insider. But that'll do it for us. Another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. To the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.